Welcome to the Shamanic Author Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Worm. Are you a coach, holistic, or spiritual entrepreneur struggling to write your first book? The Shamanic Author Podcast will help you release that resistance inside yourself so you can access that state of being that writing requires. See, society has it all wrong. From a young age, we're told that we have to have the house, the degree, the fancy car to be happy. But the truth is, we have to become that state of happiness, and then the material success follows. You're human beings, not human havings, right? So I'm so excited for this episode today. Let's explore energy, alternative health, first-time author challenges, and book publishing marketing strategies. If this sounds like you, I want you to head over to mountainmindtricks.com slash ultimate-guide for a free ultimate aspiring author guide. There's three steps in there that'll teach you exactly how to write a book that makes a big difference in your spiritual business, in your holistic or coaching practice. And if you want to know when the next episode is live, get updates and learn more about the shamanic writing process, follow me on Instagram at mountain underscore mind underscore tricks. That's mountain mind tricks with underscores. Follow the podcast and subscribe to the show to make sure you get the notifications when I release new episodes. I'm so excited for today's episode with Nate Rifkin. We go deep into Taoist meditation, how Nate completely changed his life through one simple practice. It's almost as if he practiced one kick 10,000 times and mastered the standing meditation. And then he wrote a book about it. So listen to the episode, read the book because Nate's story is absolutely amazing and I can't wait to get into it. So let's go. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited for my guest today, Nate Rifkin. He's a author of a new book about Taoist meditation, standing meditation. And Nate, could you introduce yourself and, and let us know how you got into Taoist meditation? Like, what's the story? And then and then I also want to ask you about your writer's journey. But first, let's dive into, I mean, how did you get into meditation and, and what was like the driver? What was what drew you to starting the Taoist meditation? Sure, sure. It's it's uh, kind of an intense story, but I, I think it's going to um, be helpful for a lot of people to listen to it because I think a lot of us go through like um, intense challenges and kind of wonder like what is what is going on. So um, I uh, I was a pretty depressed and angry child. I kind of grew up in a in a household that where everyone was pretty emotionally shut off and my parents just weren't really well equipped to um, to raise children. Um, so I, as I got older, I, I grew more and more depressed and more frustrated and I was more socially awkward. Um, and I went to college and I had kind of hopes of starting my own business in the kind of health and fitness world. Um, and I was, I was absolutely miserable though. My personal life was in shambles. I, I was very lonely um, and I, I decided to drop out. I hated school. And I figured if I'm going to be self-employed in any way, it's not like anyone's going to grab me and be like, hey, hey, where's, where's your college degree? Um, so I dove into like the world of self-help. I was super into goal setting, visualization, positive thinking, and all that. And I was convinced that if I just worked hard and, and implemented all that stuff, um, I, I could create the life I wanted. Uh, and the short version is, even though I really tried, it didn't work out. I, I was um, trying to make a go, a go in the business world, but um, I was burning up my personal credit. 
Um, I started juggling credit cards and I started maxing them out. I started drinking alcohol every morning. Um, but my, my, I, I got lucky. What happened was I had a, a teacher of mine who was into Taoist meditation and a Taoist spiritual philosophy. Um, and he started uh, teaching a bit about this. And what was cool is that he, he, there, there is like a philosophy to Taoism, just like there's a philosophy to Buddhism. There's, there's a philosophy to just basically any, any kind of major spiritual movement you can, you can list. But every, every major spiritual movement also has um, practical applications and they have more mystical practices. This is what he started to teach. And I, I got excited, number one, because something in me was compelled to, to take an interest in it. Number two, it sounded really cool. Like we, most of us have heard legends about like, you know, people who would meditate in caves and in secluded mountaintops and would grow enlightened and would, and would turn into these great revered mystical beings. It's like, well, what were their secrets? So when I heard this, I was like, Ooh, I, you know, I want, I want that. Um, so I, I started practicing and um, I started feeling better about myself. It, it's like this mystical, these mystical teachings were actually delivering to me everything that the self-help world had, had failed to give me. Um, and I started feeling better about myself. I actually started feeling so good in my body that um, I really didn't have the urge to drink alcohol every morning, which was kind of my crutch for, at that point, it was a crutch for several months. Um, and I, I started noticing how people were treating me differently. In fact, people would even remark that there was something different about me. So I, I kept on practicing and practicing, and I, I, I made it a daily part of my life, um, Taoist meditation. And then eventually, like, I felt so good. There's, there's even one evening I remember where I felt like my body was just glowing like I was a miniature sun, and I just felt so wonderful that I decided I am going to dedicate my life to learning about this because there wasn't a lot of information out there and even fewer people knew about this. Um, but it was, it was, I felt the greatest thing that I'd, I'd ever stumbled upon for me personally. So just, just to help turn my own life around, I decided to dedicate myself to this. And that was, um, I think at, at this point, that was probably 13 years ago or maybe 14. It, it, it gets fuzzy at this point. Um, but I've been uh, I've been practicing ever since then, and I went through a lot of other stuff. But that's sort of the genesis of my journey. Oh wow, man! Thank you so much for sharing that. And that's so amazing, and it just resonates so much for me because you know when we were talking off air, I told you this as well. Was you know in high school, I I was a really terrible teenager. I had really big problems with drugs. I went through a lot in high school, and I ended up having this uh, near-death experience. And uh, after that, I just turned to meditation. I turned to Buddhism. I would read every, like I quit reading and doing all the schoolwork. I just went straight for <laughs> books about Buddhism, about Taoism. And I dove really deep into Taoism and um, it totally saved my life. I started doing Tai Chi and, and all these meditations, like you're saying. And it was life-changing for me and and i can just hear it in your voice this evolution of like this like this meditation changed your life and these taoist philosophies of it just it 
I think it helped me understand the universe so much better of, you know, even the standard, you know, Tai Chi system of, you know, maybe there's 86 postures or 86 moves, if you will. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really this dance of the universe, right? It's actually explaining the creation of the universe through these movements through, and then there's the Chinese medicine. I mean, there's just so much to Taoism and it's actually one of my most favorite philosophies because it is, I think it's so ancient and I would love to hear about, you know, when you dedicated yourself, what did you learn like about the origins of Taoism, where it came from? How, how deep did you go into that rabbit hole? Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I could definitely relate. It's yeah. When you mentioned Tai Chi and the creation of the universe. Yeah. It's like, cause it's a system of opposites and, and what is, what is the universe, but it's this constant dance of creation and destruction uh, of opposites. Um, and he, you know, even, even like modern day Western science is, is, ha- is saying the same thing in its own kind of language. Um, but it, it's funny you ask about that because for years and years, I knew, I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing about it. Um, because I, I just gotten basically a tidbit of training. Now it was great. It was actually really in depth training because, um, uh, it, it, I, I learned the, uh, like the immortal post meditation, which is a standing meditation, which is like the foundation for a lot of deeper Taoist practices. Um, but I didn't know much of the scholar, the scholarly type of information. Instead, I, I just had the gut feeling where it's just like, Nate, just, just take this one practice deeper, just take this one practice deeper. Um, and it was weird, like every time where I decided, well, maybe I'll go like seek out, uh, I don't know, a, a school that teaches more about Taoism. I just, I always kind of reverted back to just taking that one meditation deeper. Um, and, and I read a few books, but for years, the, the, my relationship with, with Taoism was, um, it was a vehicle for me to unravel my own negative patterns. Um, it was a way for me to uh, reprogram how I kind of existed in this world and, and learn more about myself and become more at peace with myself. And that's, it was almost kind of like the spirit realm was like saying, it's like, all right, Nate, you've got, you've got this much work to do. You've got like a swimming pool worth of work to do and water to shovel out of it. And we're going to give you this like spoon to do it. Um, if after a certain number of years, you do a good enough job, then we'll, we'll give you the opportunity to go further. But I was, I was kind of stuck in, uh, not stuck, but I was, I was, I was like in the arena where I was just chipping away at my, myself with, with a very, very simple training for a long, long time. Uh, and that's, and that's how it was for most of those 13 years. Oh, I love that, man. What's coming to to mind is this, um, <clears throat> is this idea of, you know, I think it was Bruce Lee that said this, or it was talking about that, like, the person that masters one kick 10,000 times, right. Is the one to be feared. Yeah. I was, I was almost going to say that quote too. Yeah. As opposed to uh, the, the person who uh, practices 10,000 moves or one, one time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Oh, this is so amazing. So can you, can you kind of paint us a picture of what the standing meditation is like, what, what are we doing? What, how are we standing, but also what's going on internally with it? What's going on with our mind, maybe even our energy? Like, what's that like? Sure. Um, 
And I, it's interesting because I had no I had no idea what any of this was at the time. I didn't know about it. But as, essentially, when Taoists practice a standing meditation, what they're doing is they're connecting their body to the energy of the earth and the, and the energy of the heavens. Because the Taoists figure out that there's there's energy absolutely everywhere. I mean, our bodies are composed of energy. Um, all objects have it, living, non-living. Um, and what's interesting is some science is showing that um, when the Taoists back in the day mapped out meridian channels, because by the way, if anyone's ever gotten an acupuncture treatment, that comes from Taoism. Um, and the meridians um, were there, were there like map in the human body where energy flows through, which uh, when I first learned about this, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's a quaint concept. Maybe this is before they had microscopes and understood like germ theory and stuff like that. Well, it turns out there's some science showing that we actually do have these meridians uh, and they run through uh, our fascia tissues, which are like these sacs that hold our organs in place. And, and at first we were just like, oh, fascia is just this inert sort of tissue that just does its simple job. And that's that. But it turns out there might be a lot more to it. And these channels of energy um, uh, might be connected to our, our embryological development and and according to Taoism, they're, they're certainly connected to our emotional health, they're connected to our physical health, um, and, and, and maybe even our longevity. So what does this have to do with the standing meditation? Well, when we, uh, when we assume certain postures, we're actually able to open these channels wider uh, and allow more energy to flow through them and allow blockages to get uh, dissolved. And if we stand in a certain way, we can connect to the energy that's existing within the earth because there's a tremendous amount of energy there. It's just a matter of opening the spigot. And it's the same thing with the energy above us in space. It's all there. It's just a matter of can we handle it and can we open ourselves to it? So in the, in the posture I learned, what you do is you're standing with your feet facing straight forward, uh, uh, a bit wider than your shoulders, um, and you tuck your hips as if you're sitting on a super high bar stool. And then you tuck your chin down slightly. Now what this does is you're straightening and lengthening and relaxing your spine, both at the top and the bottom. Because when you tuck your hips, you're, you're lengthening your spine at your pelvis region. When you tuck your chin, you're actually raising the back of your head up which lengthens your spine around your neck. And in order to do this properly and to stay centered and balanced physically, you unlock your knees slightly. So by doing this, and if you practice this enough, and especially if you're sensitive to the energy, you can actually feel it start to move through your feet and you can actually start to feel it at the top of your head. I mean, it's okay if you don't immediately, but um, I sure didn't, but it's happening all the same. And in this posture, I also, held my held my uh, my arms out in front of me as if uh, like carrying a, a big old beach ball um, because this is a way to integrate the flow of energy into your heart center and through the meridians in your arms. Um, and once you get into this position, what'll happen is it's almost like getting an energetic power wash from the earth and the heavens. Um, and this is why I started to feel better about myself even though I wasn't necessarily trying to work with my emotions, my thoughts started to change, even though I wasn't necessarily trying to change my thoughts. 
And as a result, my habits changed because my thoughts and emotions changed. And because the energy flowing through me was dissolving old patterns, old, old crystallized stagnant energy that had that had molded itself into my body because of old traumas. And, and these are the traumas that we all have as children and that that don't get processed properly. So the more I held it, the deeper this, this influx of energy could resolve these issues in my tissues and the happier I became and the more functional a person I became. Um, and then later on, years later, I started reading and I was just like, oh, so that's what was going on. So that's, that's, that's the essence of, of why, what makes this training so wonderful. Oh, that's so, that's so cool. It's so amazing to hear like how in depth you went with this one posture. And, uh, you know, I think something I've been realizing recently through some of the trainings I've just been through is, is, um, you know, I've been helping people with the mental emotional release and it's this big timeline therapy type hypnosis technique that is so powerful and so beautiful. And I just got back from a Hawaiian shamanistic training where I was learning to use the five elements for energy healing, uh, bringing in certain symbols, kind of like Reiki, but this is a lot more ancient and it's from Hawaii. Um, And what, what the teacher was explaining is that, yes, you can take somebody through, you know, what we call a breakthrough session through it's more of this cognitive kind of hypnosis style session that's about eight hours. It's really intense, right? Or you can use energy and do it in about five minutes. <laughs> and it blew me away that um, it's just so powerful. And and now I'm, I'm actually mixing these techniques where we're doing the MER and the energy work. And it's just, it's so much more powerful. And exactly what you're saying is we don't have to go through the trauma again. We don't have to live through all that past stuff that made us have those depressive or fearful states, we can use energy to, you know, use source energy, use earth energy to help us dissolve and to heal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt like it's, it's the missing link. Like it's because in our Western world, we're, we're pretty uh, geared toward working directly with the mind. I mean, and also the body and like the practical physical side of things. I mean, we have entire books and courses on how to build healthy habits and how to work out and how to run a business and plan and strategize. Um, so it's 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 almost as if like up until recently, we've been missing an entire piece of the puzzle, which is the energetic piece. I mean, there, there's been a, there's been a rich history in, in the Western world of that, but it's, it's not quite like reached the mainstream. Like I, I didn't know about it for years. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm curious on how, uh, how did this energy show up in your life physically? Like you, you know, you said your thoughts, like you're feeling better, and people were noticing, but was there a shift in business, in in a, in money, in in things physical in your life when you started to really change your energy? Yeah. Um, so it started inwardly, and then it progressed outwardly. And the fu- the funny part is, um, looking back, it's funny. It was not as funny at the time. Um, my life actually started to be crumble down and become even more chaotic. It was like the train was kind of going off the rails. And then once I started this med- meditation, um, it, it just crashed. I had enough presence of mind to realize this is actually part of a spiritual journey. Um, 
And it's very, it's, it's almost universal. Like if you start transforming yourself on the inside, your outer life will change. And it's probably going to be a painful change at first. So yeah, I had a business partnership completely implode. Um, they took the business. I, and I got, I got, uh, pushed out, um, all like all my meager income that I had just completely dried up. Um, and I realized two things. One, I had to get a job and two, I probably had to file for bankruptcy. And I did, I filed for bankruptcy. It was, it was, I actually treated it like a financial baptism. I was just like, all right, I get to start over. You know, this is all, it's fine. Um, and I actually got a job spinning signs on a street corner, like wearing a costume for, I started at 10 bucks an hour. And it was beautiful because it covered my food. It covered my rent and it allowed me to listen to audiobooks all day. It was like this weird spiritual trip where I was just like um, humbled. And after having all these dreams about how my life would turn out, I was in my late twenties and I was twirling around a sign and, you know, people would yell at me from their cars and honk at me. And, um, but it was really cool because I got to just have a, I, I got to live that sort of Taoist principle of a simple, humble existence where I just kind of clocked in, did a great job, chopped wood, carried water, um, and did the same thing every day. And I had time to really think about where I wanted to take my life. And I had, and I had time and energy and mental bandwidth to keep, to keep practicing. So uh, to, to make a, a, a long story from there short, I was able to start saving money and I, and I was really disciplined about it. Whereas before I was very immature with my finances um, and the savings grew bigger and bigger. And I was, I was actually able to make some cool breakthroughs in my career um, and get a job actually in the, in the world of marketing writing. Um, and that was six years ago or something like that. Um, or actually probably about seven years ago. And, and since then, actually, you know, my life is, I'm really grateful. My life has really blossomed. I, uh, I bought, a, I got engaged and got married and bought a house. Um, and now, now we, my wife and I live in Colorado. Um, and, and now I've got the opportunity or I've had the opportunity to now take, take my training like much, much deeper. Oh, that's so awesome. Like, I, I love to hear this, like this journey from, uh, everything around you kind of breaking down to rebuilding to something that you want that necessarily it's society and created. It's what you wanted. And, and it's just so powerful and beautiful to hear that. And, and you mentioned writing and I, and I want to go deeper into your journey as a writer and, and how this book that you wrote, uh, how this came to be and, and what this journey was like kind of from book idea to published and, and, uh, you know, what the book is about. And, and I just want the full story of, of that journey. Cool. Uh, yeah. Cause it started probably, oh gosh, actually, you know what, honestly, it started like probably 10 years ago because after a couple of years of doing this practice, I was just like, hardly anyone knows about this. I want to, I, I want to get this information out there. Like, this is so cool. Um, but I, I, that was, all it was, was kind of an idea for a while. And I, I didn't really have much of a platform. Um, but then about three years ago, I, I revisited the idea and I was just like, I'm really, I got to get, I'm going to get serious about this. Um, I'm going to return to this because even though years have passed, most people still don't know about, about this practice. I, I kept on waiting to like, I don't know, 
flip on the news and be like, everyone's just like talking about Taoist meditation, but that time has not come. So I was like, all right, all right. So about three years ago, I sat down and decided to write a book. Um, and I just started writing, you know, randomly. I was like, oh, all right, let me write about the, uh, the concept of like relaxing because it's great. It's great to relax your muscles when you're in the stance. So I was like, all right, let me write how to do the posture. Let me write about things to expect when it happens, like emotions will bubble up. Um, you might get coldness in your hands or you might get heat, your feet will hurt. Um, you know, just all kinds of stuff like that. And I started writing, it's like, here's how to integrate into your daily, uh, you know, day-to-day -day life. And I, and, um, I put it all added up and I wrote a little of my story that went along with it. And the manuscript ended up, I forget how many words, but I mean, printed out, you know, on, on my printer paper from a word doc, it was like 180 pages or something. So then I was just like, all right, let me try and edit it, put it together. And I was like half editing it. I was showing it to my girlfriend, um, uh, my, my future wife. And, and she was kind of helping give little notes here and there and fixing grammar here and there. And I was like, all right, uh, I'm kind of, I was just like, what, I need more help with the editing. Well, it turns out my girlfriend knew a, a, a full-time editor and um, she introduced me and she kind of read over a little bit. She I, basically, she asked for the first couple of chapters and she, she told me, she's like, you need to like get a little more emotionally open about where you were at. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, And I started writing and we did a little back and forth. Um, and eventually she's, and I kept on asking, she's like, do you want to like work on the whole manuscript with me? And she's like, no, I don't know. I'm really busy. It's like, I don't know what her deal was, but she was, uh, she wasn't too into the project. But it was kind of interesting because I'd, I'd done enough training and I'd done enough work on myself and I'd learned enough about myself to realize if if the universe didn't want me to push this that fast, I was going to take it slow. So I was very centered about the entire process because I, I before, for years, I used to get caught up in like, all right, I got to finish this project now. I got to do this. I got to push this forward. You know, I got to do this as fast as possible. Why, why isn't this going any faster? I'm waiting and waiting. So this time around, I was a lot more like, hey, you know what? This is going to unfold perfectly. I don't know how, but it's going to unfold perfectly. So eventually she said, look, I, I will find you an editor. It's not going to be me, but I'm going to find you a good one. And I'm going to make sure it's a good one. So I was like, okay. So she introduced me to one and I got on the phone with her and she was really big into the marketing aspect, which I liked. Um, and my, But my gut the whole time was just like, no 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 so an interesting thing happened i i decided like all right well i'll we'll, we'll see where it goes and i followed up with her and she never replied and i followed up one more time just to confirm and she never replied and i was like well cool uh the universe agrees with my gut all right and then i set aside the entire manuscript for a few months i just forgot no, i didn't forget but i just uh mentally put aside. And I just, I just moved on with other aspects of my life. And then out of the blue, the same, uh, friend of my, uh, my girlfriend's, she emailed me. It's just like, you know what? I just realized I know the perfect editor for you. I was like, great. And, and it turned out to be someone, um, we met at a, a Starbucks and we, we actually hit it off pretty well. And I sent to my, uh, 
I, I, what did I do? Yeah, I think I sent him my entire manuscript and it was still like rough, but I was just like, all right, here it is. And then we met up again and he told me, he's like, look, you've got this story. I mean, you went bankrupt. You, you worked as a sign spinner. Then later you unloaded trucks for a living and he had this fallout with business partners and you used to be depressed and drink every morning. You want to kill yourself. He's like, you need to include more of your story. Um, and, and then take what you've got and, and map out like, how can someone take these ancient Taoist ideas and live a modern life, like live in today's world with them? Write about that. And he's like, and what you could do is you could have like one chapter for every idea. Um, and then ha and have a story and then explain, you know, what to do. So I, I told him, I'm like, really? What if I did this? What if I started every chapter with a story from my life and then the lesson and then how to like apply that lesson to like the, the, the meditative practice I want to teach? He's like, yeah, do that. So I went home and I was excited. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I got clarity on this. And I started laughing because I realized this editor, this new editor of mine, because we we mapped out a deal, he was gonna he was gonna help me out to the end to publishing. He had just managed to convince me to throw out my entire manuscript, and he was so good about it, I was excited. So, so I I was thrilled. I was like, "This is the guy." So I did. I threw out my entire manuscript, and I I mean I, I had sections that I could keep, but with this new outline, I started over. I started writing my story, and I went chapter by chapter. My story the lessons I learned, how to apply to the meditation. And then I started a new chapter. And then I, every time I finished a chapter, I'd send it to him. He'd give me his big picture thoughts. And then I put, I put them all together. And, and honestly, Thomas, my, my mindset was, I want to write a book that's going to be helping people even after I'm dead. And I realized I'm not just going to rush this to publication. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll, I can write a book real quick, get it out there, start marking. It's like, no, I'm going to sit on it and I'm going to go back and I'm going to refine it again and again and again. It, it's like when we meditate, it's it's a process where we go back and we, we refine our posture, we refine our breathing, we refine where we're focusing and the experience just gets deeper and deeper. Well, it was the same thing with this book. I went back again and again and I went through probably... 10 drafts total. At one point I printed the whole thing out and I checked into like an Airbnb away from everything and, and, and went outside and would do edits by hand on it because I wanted to see the actual printed paper so I could catch things that I couldn't on a computer screen. And then I sent it out to uh, some trusted allies who would give me their thoughts on it. And some people had great line edits, some people had great big picture thoughts. Um, and it was actually really interesting because I was about to send it to the designer to do the layout. And there was one person I hadn't heard from. We, he kind of, well, we kind of connected, but, but it didn't, it didn't, uh, we didn't meet up like we wanted to. And then finally the afternoon before I was set to send this thing to the designer and I was basically just like, well, it's done. Um, I finally got on a zoom call with him and this guy is one of the, um, one of the greatest martial artists alive. Um, and he actually gave me some advice where 
I completely changed the first like two pages. I mean, and these and these are pages I worked on like for hours. Um, and I told the designer, sorry, I'm not sending it to you yet. And I, I rewrote the first two pages and then rewrote them again and again and again. So this whole, pro I, I don't know how many months this process took, just the editing, but uh, finally I finished uh, my, my wife. Uh, at this point, she was my wife. We got married. Um, she did more in-depth like line edits to make sure the grammar is absolutely perfect. Um, and then uh, I went through the entire publishing process of uh, doing it myself. I, I formed my own publishing company and I got it uh, published on Amazon. Um, I hired, I hired someone to do the cover and that was, um, I think I, I, it went live in late January and uh, the ebook was early February. So that, that's end to end how that process went. Oh, that's so amazing. I love your journey and it just resonates with me so much. And, and like I was saying off air, it's just so similar of like, I, I think I had this God voice moment where it's like, okay, you're going to write a book. And I was like, oh, I was so excited to write something. So I, I, I just started writing random things. I just wrote all these techniques and no story and like all of these just randomness. And, and I remember yeah. handing this to a mentor of just like, I just, I can't even read this. Like, this is, this is, um, it doesn't really make sense. And it's just, I think, I think most authors go through that. Their first time is like somebody crushes them a little bit and it's a good thing. It's a yeah. good thing. It's a such a, it's, I think it comes down to, it really is this hero's journey as a writer that we all go through. And, and what yeah. I want to ask you is how was the actual writing process? I want to get to more like your habit and what that was each morning, but I want to ask you first, was there this integration? Were you learning as you were writing this? Was there even, was there deeper healing going on as you're writing the book? As in, you start to surprise yourself with things, or maybe there was, you, you like went deeper than you thought you could, or was there any experiences like that? Yeah, yeah, there definitely was on a couple of fronts, because um, this, the editor I worked with, uh, and his name's uh, Stephen Singular, he was really great about wanting me to go deep into past experiences in my childhood. And I, I, I was fine with that. I just didn't think it was important. I, I just didn't think it was a good idea. But, but he emphasized like, no, because if this book is about transformation, people are going to want to know where you came from. And they're going to, even if it's not their exact same story, they're going to relate to the, the struggle. And, and some things they really will directly relate to. Um, and I found I found out after the fact this was very true when people started reading it. Um, so when I started writing about these experiences, I actually got better memories of them, and I was able to uh, process them. And I, you know, I would talk about them with uh, with my wife and other people who read the book or who read the manuscript. Um, so so diving deeper into the past was was a, a really wonderful experience. In addition to that. As, as I wrote the book, I mean, you, I'm sure you know what this is like. I, I would get downloads. I, I would get downloads of, of more things to include, um, which deepen my practice even more. Because, yeah, as, as I'm sure you know, like one of the keys to actually taking your practice to a deeper level is to teach it. Um, because just the act of really clarifying and having that beginner's mind and, and guiding a beginner through the process allows you to really 
take your practice to a much more clear level where you're not skimping over the details that intellectually you know are necessary, but your body might not be there because you're, you're, you're assuming you've got it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah I, ch- I checked this box. Well, no. Um, so when I started writing about it, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to embody this at a deeper level. So that was tremendously healing because it just, it just enhanced my progress. Um, and, and, and also there was, there was honestly, I didn't mention this, um, but there's also a journey of feeling worthy to write about this and talk about this and talk about my story, because I had one person who, um, who later fell out of my life, who was really harsh with me about, um, publishing this book. And it, I, I hadn't actually shown anyone the manuscript at this point. I was still probably halfway through it, but I was already sort of like brainstorming ideas about how I'd promote it, how I'd advertise it. If I did advertising, how I'd talk about it. And he thought I was just being way too uh, cheesy. He really didn't like what I was doing. Um, and it wasn't his criticisms that bothered me. It was, it was like the energy behind it. It was almost like he he thought I was a, a terrible person, or he thought I was a loser, or there was something wrong with me. Um, and I was I was trying to remind myself that this was probably his stuff coming up, um, but it still hurt. It still hurt, and it worried me, and it made me doubt myself. Um, and I I knew I just didn't want to dismiss anything he said because I you know I, I wanted to be very aware of myself and make sure that I really was coming from a clean place. But, um, but going through that and then having our, our relationship uh, have a fallout um, and him go a separate way, that was, that was another, um, it was a painful but healing journey. Uh, so there, so there's, those are just like three examples of, of going through a kind of a, a a chrysalis, you know, a cocoon like process where I had to, I had to bust out and, and yeah, it, it, it was, it was very healing and, and, uh, and it helped me, it helped, it's, it's really helped me thrive at a deeper level. Oh, I love that so much. And it's so interesting how the tricksters, the mentors, these people that show up on your path that are supposed to be there. And even though it hurts or it's not so comfortable, it's like, wow, that person really served me. That's how I like to look at some of the people that show up that really drove me nuts, right? And, yeah. um, and you know, I think I want to go back to like what your editor was saying, how to go deeper into your story. And this is, I think, something that I really want to bring to light in the in the podcast is, is I I have this belief and and I, I want to hear your, your uh, idea about this, where if the book heals the author, in other words, if we go deep enough to actually transform ourselves through the writing process, then that book has this embedded healing energy in it. And it's such a more powerful experience for the reader, right? I think so. I, I absolutely think so. And I think that it, it relates not only to writing, but also to any kind of teaching or mentorship. Um, and it's something I've, I've kind of wrestled with, but I, I've really come to the conclusion that if someone is going to teach something, they have to have actually gone through it. Because there's there's a transmission that takes place, and if the teacher is just reciting something um, that they memorized, um, the the transmission is going to be hollow. Now, and and I mean this in a specific context. Like if someone's teaching, like a, a, a at a school, and they're teaching like science or something like that, that's different. 
What I mean is if someone is trying to guide someone through the process of inner transformation, um, because I've had, I've had some false teachers in my time um, who they were, they, they were smart. Um, they could even be uh, really powerful martial artists, but they had actually, they, they never even gone through step one, step one of um, transforming their, their themselves emotionally, really getting over their wounding. So as a result, even if they said something that was technically correct, there is a hollow transmission to it. Um, so, so yeah, so that's why I, I think when I, when I sat down to write this, I made sure to restrict myself to write about what I'd actually gone through. Um, and if I hadn't, well, it, then it wasn't on the to-do list for that book. Um, and, and I always, and yeah, like, and what you were kind of mentioning before about, um, the, the, the energy of it. Yeah. I, I always made sure that when I was writing this book, I was always, um, in a center place. Like at the, at the time I sat down to my keyboard, I always made sure I, I was not upset in any way. I mean, there with very, very, very rare exception. And with this book, there might not have been an exception because I realized number one, I want to bring about the best writing. And number two, in case uh, there was going to be a transmission over time and space, I want to make sure that it, it was, it was a, uh, a healthy one. Oh, I love that so much. And, and, and I think that goes back to the question I would love to hear you go, hear you go deeper about is, is, um, you know, what was that morning routine? Like, and you're talking about your state of being like you were a centered state, but how did you get there? What was that morning like of, um, you know, what would you do to get ready to write, you know, while you're writing, were you listening to music? What was, what was this process like for you? Well, I had, I, I'm fortunate in the sense that I had the perfect on-ramp to this routine, which is my, my morning Taoist meditation practice. So it's like, well, of course I'm going to do that. Um, so yeah, I would just get up and I would do my morning practice, my meditation routine. And then um, I would literally sit down to start working on my book. Uh, when, when I was living with my um, then girlfriend and then fiance at her apartment, um, I, I would do my practice in the living room and then walk over like 10 feet. Well, first I'd make some tea or coffee, uh, tea. And then I'd sit down at my laptop and I'd open up the Word doc um, and I'd start writing. And usually what would happen is like the night before I would kind of choose, all right, which part am I going to work on today? What part of the chapter? What am I going to, what what section section am I on? And then I'd, I'd kind of have an idea. And then I'd sit down and I'd start uh either writing or if I had, I had, I was in a phase where I had to outline the chapter, I'd outline the chapter. Um, and then if I were a phase where later on, when we were uh, living in our house together, um, I would do the same thing in my office. I would meditate in my office and I'd, I'd turn to my right and I'd sit down and I'd start working. Um, and, and at this point I'd be editing because my mindset was if this book is going to be probably one of the most create uh, important creative projects of my life, I want to be able to do it when I'm at kind of my peak energetically. And I, I've learned that that's first, like the first thing in the day. Um, and I want to be able to do it when I've just meditated. So my energy is at its strongest and it's at its uh, most refined. So um, one creative act of meditating would lead to the other, which is working on my book. Uh, and I'd probably go for like 
it varied, but I might work for an hour. And then I'd get up and only after that, only after doing all that, both my meditation and writing routine, finally, I would check my phone or I would check my email or something else online because I never let that stuff touch my existence um, while I was still in this mode because I didn't want any bad news or any supposed crisis or any kind of, um, I don't know, like, like interruption in my life to affect uh, my, my focus. Um, my working assumption was that after I checked my email, my day would just go to hell. Um, and usually that's not true, but sometimes it was true. So I was really glad to squeeze in at least one round of writing uh, before that happened. And I did this um, every day. I didn't, I didn't have a weekend. I, this is, this is what I do. So um, there might've been rare exception, like if my wife or I went on a, a vacation, but actually she'll tell you even then <laughs> within the, within our vacation, wherever we went, I would still like keep some semblance of this routine up. And I, I kept on going like this until, until the book was finished. And then the very next day I chose something else to write, but I, I kept up this practice. Oh, I love that so much. And I think this is the heart of the entire shamanic author process, the shamanic writing process of, you know, to me, it sounds like you're connecting with your energy. And like you were talking about earlier, connecting with earth, connecting with sky and bringing that energy, that higher source into the writing practice. And, and this is, this is, uh, it's just so powerful. And, and like I said earlier, I really do think that there's there's so much power to this of bringing in that higher source energy, God, consciousness, whatever we want to call it, bringing that into our writing routine. And, and I just love this. This is something I do as well as the meditation, connecting to source and then writing and then starting my day. And I think it's, it's, the, uh, it's kind of the hidden secret of successful writers is really connecting with source energy and bringing the energy into the book. So just thank you so much for explaining how you did this and, and your story and everything. And I want to ask you, why did you decide self-publishing? And, and, and um, I'm a self-publisher as well, and I love it so much. And, and I guess I, I want to ask, because I think a lot of first-time authors just assume they have to go to a traditional publishing house or they've never even heard of a hybrid publisher or, you know, maybe self-publishing kind of seems like lame or, you know, there used to be that, I would say a couple of years ago, there was still that stigma of like, well, it's not even edited. Like who cares about self-publish, but now it's, there's a lot of major, major authors going to self-publishing. It's, it's kind of the whole industry is kind of turning upside down at this point. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, I, I just want to squeeze in one thing before, before I talk about that is that, um, I want to emphasize when I do my meditating and then sit down to write, I, I can assure you in no uncertain terms, it was not this experience where the world's words would just flow from my fingers. And it was like, I was channeling all this stuff and it was just tears would flow from my eyes. Most of the time I was just like, Oh, what about, oh this writing's terrible. What am I going to do? I'm uh, it was still a process. Like it was still frustrating. I was still deleting stuff left and right. I mean, so, and I, I want to mention this because some people out there might be frustrated with their writing and think, Oh, what am I missing? That is not just flowing from me. I'm trying to connect to spirit, or they might be saying, I'm not going to write a single word until I'm just like 
in this amazing flow. Well, that was not what it was like for me. Um, and and I, so so I, I would say that to anyone, it's like, if, if you're still experiencing this struggle and it's like you have to pull the stuff out of you and sometimes nothing seems to work and then other times you do get in the flow, that's normal. That's absolutely normal. It's what I went through. Um, and if you're waiting for that perfect moment, um, you're actually turning down the invitation to get in the flow because getting into the flow of creation is a microcosm of the macrocosm of the spiritual journey, which is it is going to start with struggle and pain and the flow is waiting on the other side. Um, and you have to push your way toward it. It is not going to daintily walk up to you every time. Um, so anyway, I had to get that off my chest, but so when it comes to uh, self-publishing, um, I thought about it for a long time and I, I was, I was very strategic about it in terms of I was really thinking about the positives and the negatives and the costs and the opportunity costs and the benefits of every which way. And I really think the culture of publishing has largely changed because a couple of decades ago, um, there were, you know, you got books as consumers. We would all buy books through bookstores. Bookstores had their supply chain where they would buy books through, um, I don't know what the term is, but I mean, there'd be giant warehouses full of books and the books that were published and would be printed within these warehouses were determined by various uh, centralized book publishers. And then there would be a supply chain for authors submitting their work to the agents, the agents would pitch it to the publishers. Well, a lot of that got disrupted um, by Amazon um, and by, by other online platforms because now a lot of people in the middle were cut out. Now you can just upload your manuscript to Amazon and um, because of the sort of the breadth and ease of the internet, um, people can now reach out to cust potential customers and market their own books. So this led to a lot of things. It led to choice. Now you don't have to go through traditional publisher because you can now handle the distribution partnered with a company like Amazon, which is sort of like the super, super trillion dollar or multi-trillion dollar efficient version of like the old direct mail businesses uh, or independent publishers. Um, you can now market yourself, um, which can replace a lot of the, um, the muscle power of, of a major publishing company. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean you'll succeed, but it means you have choice. So right now in 2021, we're kind of in this interesting time period where there are a lot of successful books that are published through traditional publishers, but there are also a lot of successful self-published books. Um, and it's sort of a matter of, do you, want to do you want to put on your own marketing hat and have control, but, but also have responsibility? Um, or do you want to work with someone who's going to be able to handle a lot of the logistics um, and, and, and allow you to just be more of a, a writer type. Um, and it, it's very interesting because nowadays, because there's so much more competition, just because you get accepted by a major publisher does not mean your book is going to be widely distributed. They're, oftentimes, they'll just throw it to the proverbial dogs and just see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, well, you already assigned your rights over to them, so too bad. Um, 
I still think today there's some advantages to going through a traditional publisher if you have a big name and if you have a great deal because they can work with some of the the they they've got kind of inroads to uh, large channels for advertising and marketing that uh, you know Joe Schmo might not. Um, but ultimately, I chose self-publishing because um, I, I like marketing and I, I think I have a knack for it um, and I'm willing to do the work. So I preferred keeping the rights myself, keeping control of the project, having control of the timeline. And if I, I can change my mind um, in the future, I can work with a major publisher, but I don't think the reverse is true. I don't think you can work with a traditional publisher and then take your manuscript and go home if, if they, uh, if you sign a deal with them. So, um, for me, it was about control. It was about choice. It was about being nimble. Um, and I do think the industry is, is trending toward that. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's why I chose self-publishing. Oh, that's so amazing. And, and, and Nate, I, I would, I wonder if you can go into just a really kind of skim over the top of what you do for your book marketing as a self-publisher. You know, do you do Amazon advertising? Do you have a social media platform? Do you have a mailing list? And and I would just love to hear kind of the the overview of what you do for your book marketing as an author or entrepreneur, right? Sure. And this is, you know, I'm not saying this is necessarily um, the way to do it because um, I've just gotten started, but um, essentially what I do is number one first, when I talked about like working for this, working on this book for three years, from the beginning, that was part of my marketing strategy because ultimately I want word of mouth to eventually take over. And I knew I had to produce the best book that I, as a person, me, Nate, could. I couldn't skip on that um, because in my mind, and I think this is actually probably one of the most important marketing principles there is, I would imagine someone reading my book and then recommending it to someone else. And I, I would think backwards and I'd be like, how good does this book have to be in order to get someone to enthusiastically recommend it to their friends? And that's why I took three years to write it because I realized it has to be that good. Um, and I, I hope I've done that. Um, and I, I've heard people refer uh to other people to buying the book. So, so that was my first, like the, the marketing strategy. It's like Lord of the Rings, like one ring to rule them all. That was my marketing strategy to rule them all. From there, I, I chose to put my initial focus on Amazon because I, I do think it's the biggest platform, especially for word of mouth, because all of us, like Thomas, if you think about how you go about things and how most people go about things, it's like, oh, you hear about a good book. It's like, all right, cool. Let me pop over to Amazon. That's what we do. It's what we do. So I chose to self-publish there. Uh, I made sure to work with a really, really good designer um, and was very, very careful because um, books are judged by their covers. Um, and then from there, uh, I, I, I did, I'm doing Amazon ads. I think it's a great advertising platform because um, you can select to pay only when someone clicks to check out your book which um, if, if you paid just for someone to view your ad, you can hemorrhage money, but someone clicks on it. Well, there you go. Um, they're showing interest. So I'm doing that. And I'm talking to uh, folks like yourself on podcasts because 
I, I, you know, I live this stuff. I live what I wrote about in the book. So if I can just gab about it for an hour and, 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 and something might resonate with someone listening to me, that's pretty darn cool. So I'm, I'm rather obsessed with going on podcasts. Um, and other than that, I'm also um, publishing articles. Like I have a blog and I also uh, publish articles on medium.com. So all this like is sort of like tributaries to the river that eventually goes to the page with my book on it. Um, and all, all roads lead to that. And I figure over the long haul, if I can build an, enough roads there um, and, and kind of um, prime the pump of word of mouth, um, over the years, I, th I think something remarkable will, will be built out of this. Oh, that's such a beautiful strategy, man. I, I thank you so much for sharing that. And, and yeah, I think the Amazon ads are so powerful because, you know, the book buyer, somebody that's looking at that book, they're already in the mode, like, okay, I'm buying a book. I'm looking at this book. Oh, there's another book that looks really good. And then they check out yours and they're, they're so hot. They're like, yeah, I think I'm going to buy that book right now. And, and it's, it's an amazing platform. So anybody that's, you know, starting out, doesn't really know what we're talking about. The Amazon ads is, is a beautiful platform. And I love the podcasting is, you know, obviously it's podcasting is my jam. I love it so much too. And, and uh, so it's just a, an amazing strategy. And, and I love this idea of all roads, all of these tributaries leading to one result of buy my book. And this is a beautiful marketing strategy and, and I love it. And, and thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And, you know, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that I didn't ask you or something that you wanted to add in here? Um, you know, just, I think the kind of the theme of what we've been talking about is the, the simplicity. It's, it's, it's like the, the Bruce Lee quote you mentioned. I fear the martial artist that um, practices one move 10,000 times. So, you know, I kind of changed, I turned my life around with going deep with one practice. In terms of writing a book, you're going deep with one project that could take years. And in terms of, of creating a thriving business out of it, it's about simplicity. It's all about, can I reach, can I resonate with the right people? Can I reach them, resonate with them? And, and, um, get them interested in checking out uh, to and, and taking the next step and checking out my book. So it's all, it all comes back to just one thing. So that's, that's what I've mentioned. Awesome. I love it. And, and where can people find your book, your website, your socials, whatever you want to throw out there, um, please, where can we find the book? Sure. Well, thank you. And in the interest of uh, the one thing and simplicity, uh, they can find it at thestandingmeditation.com, which actually just forwards to my book's page on Amazon. And it's called The Standing Meditation. Um, it's on Amazon. And if anyone's enjoyed or what I had to say today and they want to go way deeper, I, th I think they'll really love the book. Yeah, absolutely. For everybody listening, please go check out the book because I was just reading some of the reviews. I was looking at the charts. Like this book is, is uh premier like it's an amazing book. So go out there and check it out. Give it a read, give it a review. And uh, gosh, thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for being here, Nate. What an amazing interview. I just feel so blessed to be in your presence and to hear this journey that you've been through as a shamanic author. And, and thank you so much. I, I was honored to be here, Thomas. So thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Thank you, everybody. There's an infinite amount of books floating out there in the ether. 
and all you have to do is tap into your highest self and write it. What if you could go out in the wilderness or international trek and experience firsthand shamanic healing, mental emotional release, and write your first draft? Writing a book isn't about the book. It's about the integration healing that that book facilitates, isn't it? Because when the book heals the author, the book heals the reader. And that's an amazing thing. If you've been procrastinating writing your book for years now, you can hear that book screaming for its life every night. Join me for a backcountry breakthrough. You'll experience guided trekking, daily energy sessions, mental emotional release, and writing sessions that guarantee your rough draft by the time you get back to the trailhead. Join me for a backcountry breakthrough. Go to mountainmindtricks slash backcountry dash breakthrough. So go to mountainmindtricks.com slash backcountry dash breakthroughs. Writing a book isn't about the actual book because there, there's going to be those obstacles that try and derail you from the actual writing. The key is preserving through the pain of writing every day. The book begins to highlight your emotional deep core wounds in a way that makes you want to quit writing, right? But if you stay on the course, the old beliefs, the old identity of yourself, the negative ways of thinking begin to fall away. And suddenly, a new way of being starts to emerge. This is when the book begins to come alive and write itself. Because in this moment, you aren't writing the book. The book is writing itself as you have this internal transformation. This is the essence of healing through writing. Is your book screaming from the back of your mind? I know mine was. What would happen if your healing journey stopped here? You never got over that final hump. Your regret, remorse from not writing your book was the source of mind-body, future disease. I mean, what would you tell your clients if you couldn't work anymore? Go be healed somewhere else? I mean, what would happen if your business failed because you hold yourself back from your highest self? What would it be like if you regretted the book you never wrote and your last thoughts in your deathbed was, I wish I would have written that book. See, all these things are tragic, but it's possible for you to reach your big dream and be a number one best-selling author. When the book heals the author, the book heals the reader. This is a powerful concept because when books heal the reader, they sell and they go number one bestseller. So I'm starting this movement of healing through writing and using the breakthrough session to release the root cause of writer's block, that procrastination, that loss of motivation when you started writing your book or you had the idea and you never started. There's one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, weekly homework and accountability, after a comprehensive health assessment, we build habits and systems and goals to keep you on track. There's MP3 guided meditations, one-on-one -on -one hypnosis. And then I really teach you how to get published, how to self-publish, or publish with my company, Mountain Mind Tricks Publishing. Then you leverage your book on podcasts, talk shows, speaking engagements, and you manifest that prosperity and passive income you're really looking for in your business. So I want you to check out BreakthroughWritersBlock.com and join the Healing Through Writing movement. It'll be the best thing you've ever done in your life because writing a book will completely change everything. So go to BreakthroughWritersBlock.com. Again, that's BreakthroughWritersBlock.com. Are you a new author that's trying to wade through self-publishing of what category should I pick, find the right designer, get an editor, what about the formatting? What's the dimensions that the actual spine in the book have to be? Is it gloss or white paper? There's so many different things that goes on in publishing. And that's why I'm dedicated to helping indie authors that have gone through this healing journey through writing their own book 
publish that piece of art, publish that amazing work that could help heal others. And here's the thing, is when a book heals the author, the book heals the reader. And this is so huge. I know I say this all the time, but it's so important. And, and I want to help the world make a huge impact by spreading more books that heal the reader. So if this sounds like you, I want you to go to mountainmindtricks.com slash publishing. Again, that's mountainmindtricks.com slash publishing. And if you're wading through, should I publish on Amazon? What about Ingram Spark? How do I get my book into bookstores? What should I do to even launch a book? How do I get on podcasts? There's so many things that go into publishing. And again, that's why I'm here for you. I want to publish your book. So if this sounds like you, go to mountainmindtricks.com slash publishing. Again, mountainmindtricks.com slash publishing.